0: okay um we do this from time to time here at the gathering which makes people they either love us or they get really uncomfortable but i don't like it when all all churches is me here talking to you and just like one person's talking everybody else is like looking sometimes it makes me super uncomfortable so um, i'm hoping that maybe you're sitting with people that you kind of know We'll see how this goes, but I want you to kind of get quickly for, and it's going to go fast. So, like two minutes, maybe two minutes. I want you to get in groups, talk to people around you. This is be a good time if you don't know them. Maybe introduce yourself. And here's the topic: I'm giving you something to talk about. Things that are hard to do when you're tired. Things that are hard to do when you're tired. Um, you guys online, if you think of something, you want to type it in the comments, and in a minute we can find out what you said as well. Things that are hard to do when you're tired. All right. Now, here's where it's gonna get fun. because now don't go crazy because nobody will hear it. But I'm gonna ask for some just what you talk about. Like maybe just a short phrase, okay? and and i'm I'm actually watching online. Um, so Micah says it's hard to play when you're tired. All the kids would we'll be like, yes. And then um, somebody hears, uh, get up and do just about anything. Did, who, did, anybody, did any group say everything? Yeah. Okay. That, that's the number one answer probably. So, okay, somebody in your group that's got a loud voice, um, I think Natasha might want to go first to just demonstrate how that works. Um, <laughs> Hey, it's good to have y'all today. Some of y'all are like, I ain't never been to a church like this. I may never come back. It's fine. But while you're here, it's awesome that you're here, right? So go. So Nathan said, listen to me. It's, it's hard for him to listen to you when you're tired or when he's tired. Okay. So Just when you're tired. <laughs> Sorry. Have a good attitude. Okay. Have a good attitude. Good. Anybody else? It's hard to focus. <laughs> Miss Debbie said, it's hard to be nice when you're tired. Can you imagine Miss, Miss Debbie not being nice? I can't. Who said, I that hear dishes? Raise your hand, B. Own it. Okay. I agree. Yeah. What? Say it louder. Okay. Hard to work when you're tired? Hard to work out when you're tired. Or for some people, ever. Right? <laughs> okay wait say that again hard to, be with your hard to be patient with your children when you're tired can I get a witness in the room okay you're not alone oh. Miss Kathy the sweetest person in the room said or your spouse it's hard to be patient with your spouse when you're tired can I get an amen on that any witnesses to that okay some of y'all are like, I came to church for the first time today and I'm going to go straight from here to marriage counseling. <laughs> and I say that's a win, <laughs> right? That might be a good thing. What else? Stay awake. Stay awake. Stay yeah, that's like hard. the obvious one. Hard to make good decisions, hard to sleep. Hard to sleep. Oh, and say everything's easy? No. no, 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 no. Okay, yeah. Good, yeah. Or like for, for me, when I'm tired, it's hard to pray because I just go to sleep. Lord, how groanings that the Holy Spirit gives us, right? Beyond words. Sounds like. I think in the Greek it means snoring, I think, maybe. Here's a couple that I came up with, um, things that are hard to do when you're tired. Homework. Listen to a sermon. Can I get an amen? Like, y'all, um, okay, a couple quick stories. One that's this, that I didn't encounter but I heard about. There was, um, there was a, a, a youth pastor who was hired, this is not me, and on his first Sunday in the church, he, he also struggled with narcolepsy. On the first Sunday in the church, his new church, on the front row, as soon as the pastor started talking, he fell asleep. It's a huge church, huge mega church. And when he woke up, he was not only asleep, but he had laid down and put his head in his pastor's wife's lap. <laughs> not good, not good. I have, um, <clears throat> from time to time, I have been known to, as as a youth pastor, sit on the front row and just feel, you ever, oh, I don't want to call you out because some of you might be feeling this way right now, but you ever feel like this, like this, the pastor starts talking or let's say at school and the teacher starts lecturing and like literally as they're introducing the topic, you're already struggling, right? And you're just like, oh, this is going to be the longest hour. Ever, you know, um, <clears throat> how about somebody? I think that's the thing. Somebody said this, have a deep conversation. <clears throat> it's hard to do that when you're tired. <clears throat> I don't, I don't know why I put this down. But it's hard to live when you're tired. Yeah, well, uh, I guess it's hard to drive when you're tired. <clears throat> I, I could have had y'all do that in your groups. Like, come up with uh, talk about things that you've done to try to stay awake while you're driving. Um, who's in the air conditioner on full blast group, right? And then how many of you roll the window down? How many of you, as you're tired, think about this. As you're tired, you roll the window down and you stick your head out. I've done that, right? Um, Do we have any slappers? You slap yourself. Jesus, help those people. Do not, no. Oh, yeah, that's that's just, how many of you turn the music up? Blast the music, right? And not soft music. <laughs> like, I don't even like country, but now seems like a good time, right? Um, okay. And then I think, I think, Natasha, you mentioned this, which seems so counterproductive. It's hard to sleep when you're tired, which we're, we're all like, what? But how many of you parents have had an overtired child? <laughs> it's like, now that'll make you pray, won't it? Oh, God, please. I mean, I used to ask you for a sign like, let me win the lottery. But now, just prove you're real by making that kid go to sleep right now. Yeah, right? Like, so when we're overtired, um, it's, it's hard to sleep. So this morning, here, I want to talk to you about um, just like sleeping, insomnia, and, And I want to be gracious about this. I'm going to share some stuff about my life going through it so that you'll know that I'm not preaching at you, right? Like, I don't want anybody in here, don't raise your hand, if you couldn't sleep well last night and you got to church this morning, you got a cup of coffee, downed it, got another cup, and then a third cup during the intermission, and, like, the win is that you're here, okay? That's the win. So I don't want you to, like... Well, man, I, I did all that to get here, even though I didn't sleep a wink last night. And now the preacher's beg, making making me feel horrible because I didn't sleep. That's not what this is about. Um, something that really set me free when we started the Romans series, and we're so close to getting back into Romans. I can't wait. I love that book. But I felt like God just said, "I want you to address answers more than an- I want you to address questions more than answer them. Right? Sometimes it's good just to address it. Like, hey, it's an issue, and we should probably." Look at the Bible and see what God has to say about it. Even if we walk out going, how do I apply that? That's okay. And so I want to just address this issue of like in, just insomnia or maybe a better word because I know insomnia kind of gets into, I'm looking for my medical people that can help me out with this. Like there's some conditions medically that can cause insomnia. So I, I, I'm just using insomnia because it's an I-N word in the Toxins series, but we're really just talking about sleep. That, does that kind of help you breathe a little bit? So if you really do, like if you're sitting here going, I have not slept in a week, you need to go see a doctor, okay? Um, you don't need to love Jesus more. I mean, you do, but you need to go see a doctor, right? So there's, there's legit medical, physical things. I'm just talking about why do we seem to struggle so much with sleep in the body? So here's why you can't sleep when you're overtired. I didn't make this up. I got this from a medical website, a legit medical website. Some of you are like, I go to those all the time. No, this one was legit. The bottom line, if you're tired but can't sleep, it may be a sign that your circadian rhythm is off. Now, circadian rhythm has nothing to do with crickets. Some of you are like, circadian. That just means, and I'm going to try to make this super simple. Your circadian rhythm is the rhythm in your body. That allows you to sleep when you're supposed to sleep and wake up when you're supposed to wake up long before we had these things long before there was electricity yay way back in the dark ages people would i know this is crazy they would go to sleep when the sun went down and they would wake up when the sun came up hold on all without an alarm clock app how how do they do that it's the circadian rhythm in your body the circadian rhythm in your body and so what's happened and I'm not knocking technology don't take it that way at all but we have we have um, fake lights now I mean they're real lights but they 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 we keep lights on all the time And so the Sun goes down you know like when the time changes the Sun goes down at like three but when the sun goes down, we're like, it's 530. Ain't no way I'm going to bed yet because I'll miss all the good stuff, right? And so we, we keep lights on. We look at our screens. We do whatever we can to stay up as late as we possibly can. And then we crash. And then we sleep in way past when the sun comes up. And so over time, that just jacks up that rhythm. You with me? That was probably more than I needed to say. But anyway, this continuing from the medical website, however, being tired all day and awake at night can also be caused by poor napping habits, anxiety, depression, <coughs> caffeine consumption, talking to myself here, blue light from devices, sleep disorders, and even diet. So what, what, what we're seeing in here is like when all of like the, the healthy rhythms of our lives get jacked up, that can cause us to be so overstimulated that we get overtired because our circadian rhythm is off and we're not getting nearly enough sleep and then we get so exhausted that we can't sleep and then a couple of those nights run together and you're a mess. And I just want to pose this as somebody who wrestles with this, this area. Could part of the enemy's plan be to keep us overstimulated, out of rhythm and unable to function when he attacks? Proper rhythms of rest allow us to be awake and allow, oh no, sorry. Proper rhythms of rest allow us to be alert when we're awake. Let me explain that. I'm looking at y'all right now. I'm not trying to point anybody out. Some of you are here. I mean, you're all here. And some of you are awake, but you're not all alert. Right? So proper rhythms of rest allow us to be alert. When we're awake, without those proper rhythms, we function like zombies. Have you done that? Oh, you, you, get, you just shuffle through the day, and you're like, somebody asks you, like, well, how was your day? I don't remember any of it. I don't remember, I don't remember going anywhere. I think I did, right? And we just shuffle through the day like zombies. So um, I've got three quick points, and here we go. Let's, let's look at the positive first. There are times to stay awake and watch. There are times to stay awake and watch. I'm going to throw a bunch of scriptures at you. Just jot them down. Um, and by the way, tomorrow morning, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but like we're starting to do these devotions. Like We're trying to provide five days of devotions each week that go along with the message. We send it out every Monday morning when it comes with, like, you'll get an email about the message recap, and then in that email is a link to it. Um, It's also on our website. If you're still struggling to find it, let me know. I don't write these. Um, We're trying to, like, leverage, don't freak out, y'all. We're trying to leverage AI. So I have actually found a Christian group that started a service that, like, I can upload this audio of this sermon and just ask them, hey, Write me five days worth of devotions with scriptures, and it does it. It's amazing, right? And so we're just—I just don't want you to think like we're just trying to give you what you, tools that can help you, right? So these verses will be in that. I'm sure tomorrow there'll be a chance for you just going to study them some more, go a little bit deeper. Um, first Peter 5.8, There are times to stay awake. Here's what that says: Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lying, roaring lion looking for someone to devour. If the lion is prowling around to eat somebody, would you say that's a good time to sleep or stay awake? Stay awake, stay awake 100%. And so what we'll find is the Greek word for sober mind, is, it means vigilant. And if you take it a little bit further, here's, the, here's what it means at a deeper level. To take heed lest through remission some destructive calamity might suddenly overtake you. Let's dumb that down. If you fall asleep, you're going to die. That Greek word means be alert, be vigilant, because if you're not keeping watch, something is coming, and you will suffer harm. And every time that Greek word is used, it means that there's something coming that we need to be watching for. Sometimes it will harm us. Sometimes it's it's a good thing. We'll see a couple of those scriptures. Here's a few more. First Corinthians 16 13 says, Be on your guard, be vigilant, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Flex your muscles. And the new American standard, that verse says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, act like men. I don't, whatever. I think it's I think it's awesome. Revelation 16, 15. Jesus says, Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. I know there's a spiritual meaning to this, but I'm just, that's just good practical advice, right? <laughs> Stay awake and don't go naked. <laughs> it's right there. Blessed is he who stays awake. So, so like, we're watching. Why would we want to be vigilant and watch for Jesus? Because he's returning. That's a good thing, right? I don't want to miss that. And then finally, Matthew 26, verses 36 through 46. I'm going to read the whole thing. Here's what it says. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So Jesus says to his three closest disciples, "Stay here and be vigilant with me." Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, "My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will." Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Have you ever poured your heart and soul out to a friend? And as you were in the middle of that conversation, you suddenly looked up and they were looking at their phone or they were looking at the TV behind you. But you just knew in that moment they're not with me. So I want to I make sure, I don't want to be like snarky about this. I just want to make sure that you get the difference between us and Jesus sometimes because we are being made like him. <laughs> being made is the operative term, right? So we're not all there yet. But if that happens with you and a friend, don't you want to punch him? Jesus is pouring his heart out to the Father and saying, like, I know that you sent me to go to the cross, but is there any other way? And as he's pouring his heart out, he goes back to his three disciples that he said to please stay vigilant, keep watch with me, and he finds them sleeping. So he said, couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, verse 41, watch and pray. He said it again, so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse 42, he went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be be taken from me, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. Who can relate? Verse 44, this is the grace of God. So he left them. Some of the other gospels actually include this. He said to them, get your rest. So even in a moment when they needed to stay awake and watch, that was literally the command he gave them. Please stay awake and watch with me. Even in the moment when they failed, do you see his grace? Which leads us to the big idea. I told you in the email that this is one you wouldn't see coming. Sometimes you just need a nap. Like, did a pastor just tell me sometimes you just need a nap? Did you think I said nat Oh, app. <laughs> oh, that too. At the end I'm gonna give you some resources. There are some apps that can help with your nap, right? So sometimes you just need a nap. Because while there are times to stay awake and watch, here's point number two. There are times to fall asleep and trust. And here's a few in the Bible. First Kings, if you can if you've got a, a like a physical Bible, just keep your, your hand um finger like in First Peter and just flip back to First Kings. If you've got a phone, just scroll to it. This is a fascinating story. We're picking it up in First Kings. This after um, Elijah has had the showdown at Mount Carmel. If you're new to church and you're like, I don't even know what any of that means, but now I want a Carmel Sunday. Um, I get it, right? But I don't have time to go into all that, but just like short version, Elijah stood up to a lot of prophets of a false God and they had a showdown on top of the mountain and they basically he, basically he basically said, like, let's just you build an altar, I'll build an altar, and then we'll pray to our gods, my God, your God, and whichever God answers by fire, that's the true God. Amen. And so their God didn't. He trash talked him a little bit, had some fun with it. And then his God did, our God, Yahweh, answered by fire. And then all the priests, the false God priests were killed, and it was like um You ever won a sporting event? I mean, like, not barely, but, like, really won? And you remember how good that feels? That's what he experienced that day. And right after that, we pick it up. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 8. Now, Ahab told Jezebel, Ahab's the king, Jezebel's his wife, they're toxic. And Elijah has just stood up to them, right? So all these prophets that just got, all these false prophets that just got killed. Killed worked for them. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Are y'all with me so far? She just told him he's going to die. When is he going to die? Tomorrow, right? So he's looking at the sundial on his wrist. <laughs> Whatever, And he's like, oh, i got 24 hours to live. Okay, got gotcha. you. So Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. It's the same man who just stood in courage on top of a mountain in front of a whole crowd of people. Who says women don't have power, right? He is out of there, running for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, verse 4, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. Oh, mighty man of faith. I have had enough, Lord. Anybody ever prayed that prayer? (laughs) Some of you are like, I mean, you're 15 minutes into the sermon. I've already prayed that. I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Are you getting kind of the, this is a big moment, right? I mean, he wants to die. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some baked bread over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So we got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Having run a few marathons, I will tell you that sometimes food hits differently at certain times. I still remember running the Charlotte Marathon, and it was somewhere around mile 20 through 24, and I was toast. I was just done. And I know I said run a marathon, and some of you were like, that's really impressive. I didn't tell you my time, don't be impressed. Right. I survived marathons. That might be a better better way to say it. But I still remember like like sometimes you, you get to a station and they give you like this piece of food and you eat it and you're just like, oh man, I get how you can consume something and then you've just got energy to keep going. I also remember this time in Charlotte when it was it was November, it was cold, and somebody had the bright idea to have gummy bears in a little cup. Somewhere on Mount Twenty Three, so it'd been sitting out for a while. I remember getting it and trying to chew it, and like I chew it and chew it and chew it, and I was losing energy as I tried to chew it, right? But like, I want you to see here basically what God said to Elijah as he's running for his life, as he's worried about whether he's he can survive this attack from Jezebel. God basically says, "I need you to get a snack and take a nap." Because the journey is too great for you. He didn't come to him, and we've had people say this to us I just need you to suck it up, Buttercup. Don't you know that she's hunting you down right now? I need you to run faster. You've had coaches like this? <laughs> yes, I think I might have been a coach like this. <laughs> he didn't say, run faster. He didn't say push through. He didn't say quote the verse I told you to learn last week. He said, I need you to take a nap. I need you to hear some food. And and hey, eat this food, and I can tell you're not done sleeping, so keep sleeping. This is the grace of God, and sometimes we just need to fall asleep and trust. Psalm 127, verses 1 through 2, says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. So who's doing the watching? Okay, that was an easy one. Let's try that again. Um, I'll give you a quick, quick, quick help. The answer is the Lord. Who's doing the watching? The Lord. What is wrong with y'all? They got it right. The answer is the Lord. Who's doing the watching? The Lord. There you go. Good job. No, that was wrong. It's a trick question. No. Verse 2. That's important. Just remember, the Lord's doing the watching. Verse 2, in vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. An alternate reading in the Hebrew, I don't know if you're a footnote person, but I am. So like when there's a footnote in your Bible app or in your Bible, read it, right? So it also can mean, for he works while you sleep. He works while we're sleeping. So sometimes we need to stay awake and watch, but sometimes we need to fall asleep and trust. So sleep is a gift from God to us. I posted this on Facebook earlier this week that, like, while we're sleeping, he's working. And if we trust that, then we can actually lay down and rest. When my children were super small and I was youth pastoring, I started a design company. I called it a design studio because it sounds cooler. And it was called 40 Rocks Design Studio. And I would design logos, websites, just, in, and basically I did it because every church I've ever worked at, people, the pastor would be like, hey, make us something, right? And so I would, and then people would see it and go, I like that. Who did it? And I'd go, me. Would you do one for me? I'll pay you. Yes, right? But because I was fully in, like full-time employee at the church, I would never do that stuff at church. That's robbing. So I, I would live out what that verse is. I would get up early, and I would stay up late. Sometimes I would find a way to do both of those on the same day, and that's bad news, right? And I'm not saying that's. I mean, there's a season for that. But I was, I was robbing my body of what it needed so that I could try to achieve something else. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you hear the grace there? Like, I'm not, if you're in that season and you're doing that, like, if you just started a business, you're not sleeping, right? I mean, that's just part of it. If you're self-employed, you may never sleep, right? I mean, like, sometimes you just got to, you just got to find a way to get it done. But I want you to see here, what this is talking about is, if you're staying up late or rising up early to try to, Earn something that God has just said in the verse previous, he's doing for you, he says, then you're doing that in vain because if you'll sleep, he will work. So trusting God to work while we sleep is a big deal. And then Matthew chapter eight. While you're turning to Matthew chapter 8, let me tell you this. Monday night, or I never know if it's, if it's Monday night or Tuesday morning, because it's like after midnight, so I guess that would be Tuesday morning. I woke up at 2.45. And I uh, laid in bed. I listened to podcast. I think I listened to the Bible in King James, hoping that would help. Oh, I just realized where I am. If, if you're a King James person... That's fine. I wasn't implying that the Bible's boring, but sometimes. And then at 4.45, y'all good at math? That's two hours later. I still wasn't asleep. So at 4.45, I got up, and I went into the den. I did not make coffee because, you know, Wendy would have killed me if she heard it and woke up at 4.45. So at 4.45, I finally knelt down in front of the couch, put my head down like this. I know what you're thinking. The end of the story is I fell asleep. No, no, I didn't. I never went back to sleep. But at two hours later, I finally said to God, if my mind is this fractured, I must not be trusting you. I didn't fall asleep, but I sure did have peace, right? Like I just admitted it out loud. Like, God, if my mind is this just scattered then I'm not trusting you because you're working while I'm supposed to be sleeping it's like God's like well I'm glad you stayed up with me a little bit longer but I've got this and here's here's the last scripture I want you to see and I just share that so you know like I'm not I'm not like the I don't I'm not the sleep expert right um I don't have a sleep number I just know we need sleep and sometimes we and I've woken up two more times this week and thankfully gone right back to sleep and anyway, Matthew chapter 8. This is the last last passage. Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 26, Jesus has had a long day. If you read the whole chapter 8, he has had a long day. And then, verse 23 says, He got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Verse 25, the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Some of the other gospels record things like, don't you care that we will die? And Jesus said in verse 26, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm and all the disciples went, whoa, he just told the storm to be still and it was, and that's the part that we teach a lot and hey rightfully so but I look at this now maybe with a different perspective I'm thinking Jesus might have just been like why'd you wake me up I had a long day so did you and I wrote I wrote this down why be afraid when Jesus is asleep He's in the boat, and the storm is raging, and they're freaking out, and I would have been freaking out too, and when they look to find Jesus, was he freaking out? He's right there asleep, and at some point, I think God wants us to get to this place where we're able to say, like, the world, my situation is out of control. I don't know what I can do about it, and I And then we look at Jesus, and he's asleep, and we're like, wait, if he's asleep in this storm, he knows something I don't know. He didn't say, like, you don't have faith, and you should have spoken to the winds and waves and told it to be still. He was like, why are you afraid if I'm sleeping? If I'm in the boat with you, and I'm asleep, why are you afraid? It's because we don't trust him we don't trust that he sees us that he knows us that he's in control of that so there are times to stay awake and watch there are times to fall asleep and trust and this third point is probably the most important it's important not to get those times mixed up is that too simple it's really important not to mix those times up we tend to worry about what we have done or will do right just a show of hands how many of you Do, from time to time, wake up in the middle of the night. Okay. And I don't mean to go to the bathroom. Like, you just wake up. And how many of you have experienced, when you do wake up, you can't go back to sleep right away? Okay. I can't say this is true for you. I can only say it's true for me. In those moments, the reason I can't go back to sleep is because I am worried about what I did or what I still have to do, and when it's three in the morning, I can't do anything about that. When, I mean, we're sitting here, so you already know this. But when when I was when we we're raising our children, you know, I mean, if I woke up and woke up in the middle of the night, usually what kept me awake was regret, because I would replay, like, did I really say that? Did I really do that? Did I really? Ah, and I would have this overwhelming urge to fix it, but not at 3 in the morning, right? <laughs> Can you imagine? like, Or maybe with your spouse as a better example. Can you imagine how that would have gone? Wendy. 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 What? Can we talk? Tomorrow, I need to tell you something right now. <laughs> I unload on her, and then I go to sleep. Five minutes later, bo oh, Right? You see how this is going to go? We lay in bed, and we worry about things that are out of our control. And that keeps us awake. When what God says, he wants us to trust what he is doing. Not even what he's gonna do. What he's, according to Psalm 127, verse 2, what he is doing. He says, I grant sleep to those I love. I work while they sleep. So, what I'm trying to do now is just if I wake up in the middle of the night, and this actually happened last night. I, I told Wendy, won't it be funny if I don't sleep well the night before I teach on insomnia? I slept great, by the way, but I did. I woke up at like it's like one forty, and this is how it went. I went, God, you've got to be kidding me! Almighty man of God, going to teach tomorrow about how to sleep in the peace of God, and I'm gonna wake at one forty. And I just simply said this to him: Thanks, God, that you've got this. And I went back to sleep. I love it. I mean. I should try that during the day, not when I'm driving, right? But, like, maybe that's it. Maybe the whole point of insomnia is, like, the toxin, the way it breaks our bodies down is because we are so worried about what we can't control. And what God's saying to us is, like, hey, if you'll just let me, I'll, I got stuff I can do for you. I did tell Wendy I wouldn't say this, and oh, well. We were reading Psalm 127, just want to give you some practical, oh, some practical stuff. Can we do this real quick and then I'll, while you're turning to Psalm 127, um, can we put that slide up, I, the um, link tree slide? There it is. If you would like to take your phone out and scan that QR code, what I did was, because I want to be somewhat practical, like, because tonight some of us are going to wake up, right? And then we're going to be like, what do I do now? So on our link tree, and the link tree is just something, we didn't create the link tree at all, but we're just trying to utilize it because there are, we just want to give you as many resources as we possibly can. So when you go to that site, the first group of links you're going to see are under a header. It's something like um, resources for healthy rhythms. I don't know, something like that. And so we've just put in there a couple of things that help us. Like we're big fans of practicing the way. It's a, it's a ministry started by John Mark Comer, and he's got some, they've just got some phenomenal free resources. One of them's on Sabbath. Sabbathing won't help you sleep tonight if you wake up at 2. But Sabbathing as a regular rhythm in your life will help you kind of recapture that circadian rhythm that we started talking about at the beginning. Um, there's a couple apps. Wendy and I, we, we use Lectio 365. It's not necessarily a sleep app. But it is a morning and evening devotional app, and the music that they play is awesome, and sometimes I fall asleep to it. I mean, not, not, it's good. I mean, it's very soothing and relaxing. It's a good way to kind of recap the day, and that's also something that would help if you struggle at night trying to fall asleep. Maybe don't stare at the TV screen until you fall asleep, as I've been known to do, right? Because that, that stimulation actually works. It's counterproductive. Um, there's another app that we've linked to by John Eldridge called Pause. And these are just, like, during the day, these are just, like, ways to kind of start your day and end your day. You've probably already got some apps that you use, some resources. And if you do, man, share them with people. Tell them, like, this is what helps me. And then we link to a couple a couple music selections. One is called Peace. It's an album by Bethel. And it's, like, all the songs that you know that we usually do, like, but these are like super mellow versions um it's it's an awesome we we used to like we've been through seasons where our minds were just in turmoil at night and we would literally just play that album and put the phone on the bed between us and just breathe and then the last thing we're linked to is um it's just a playlist on apple called uh, like worship music for sleep or something but it's just instrumental or even not instrumental they sing but it's soothing these are just practical things that maybe can help you, right? Psalm 127. Um, can we just read the whole thing? It's, it's only five verses long. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Isn't that a beautiful promise? We were reading this and Wendy was she, she's just like me. She was like what's the first half have to do with the back half? Like he's like go to sleep, y'all. Kids are great, y'all. And I said, I don't I don't know. I th- I think he's telling them, if you if you're, you're going to stay up, I got an idea what you could do. Thus ends the reading of the word. Y'all okay? Was that too practical for you? (laughs) Man, God wants to bless his kids. He wants you to have peace. And he wants you to know when it's time to stay alert and when it's time to go to sleep. He's all about rhythms. He's all about rest. Because he wants us to be ready for what is coming would you stand i'm going to pray and i'm going to send you out with a benediction this morning and god we thank you for this morning i thank you that you are all about us living in rhythms that are the way you made us you didn't make us to stay up 20 hours a day You made us to need sleep. It's actually a gift you've given us so that you can reset and reboot our bodies and our minds. I just pray this morning, God, over the gathering that tonight we would find ourselves thanking you. Not only that you've given us the ability to sleep, but that you're working on our behalf. When we gathered at the end of worship and we were praying over situations, those are the situations that keep us up at night. And tonight, while we're sleeping, you're working in those circumstances. (laughs) For us, it's a gift, and we say thank you. Yeah, in your name, Jesus. Yeah, Gathering the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and give you peace. Shalom. In Jesus' name, amen.